bringing you the top stories from Bonners Ferry to St. Mary's and everywhere in between. This is the North Idaho PrepCast with Ryan Skaggs. That's right. Welcome into another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast here on IdahoSports.com, your weekly source for all things District 1 athletics in the state of Idaho. I'm Brandon Bainey, joined by a guy who's got a new uh, podcast set up here, Ryan Skaggs. What's going on? What's going on? How are you doing today? Good. You you sound magnificent. Thank you. The dulcet tones of my voice are... Are uh, coming through clearly, <laughs> right? Exactly. So, if you there's a couple of ways to get the uh, the weekly North Idaho Prepcast, right? You can get the audio only uh, at our website, IdahoSports.com. Uh, across the top of the navigation bar on the homepage, there's now a Prepcast section with a drop down menu. You just click on North Idaho Prepcast, and all the episodes are right there in a player on that page. Uh, you can also download this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, except for Google. Right now, Google Podcasts they messed something up on their back end, but we're working on it. But everywhere else, you can get the North Idaho PrepCast. So you can hear this new microphone that Ryan uh, got for the podcast. It, it sounds fantastic. Uh, you can also see the new microphone and see what Ryan's wearing today by checking out the video of this podcast on our YouTube channel as well as our Facebook page. So you are repping Boise State today on the shirt. That looks good. That's right. Well, I got I paid enough money to go there. I figure I might as well be a fan too. <laughs> you know what the, with the cost of college and higher education they sh- they should give you some swag for what you're paying right just oh, give it to you for free for sure it should just be included kind of like a signing bonus yeah yeah <laughs> f- funny story real quick and then we'll actually dive into north idaho uh football so i grew up in montana and a kid that i went to high school with ended up playing college football at this like division three school over in indiana it's called rose holman and it's uh, one of the best engineering schools in the country. But the other cool thing is, is it is where the Indianapolis Colts used to hold their training camps. They, they held it at Rose because NFL teams do that a lot, right? They go to these small college camps. Yeah. No, my dad camp. went to Northwest College over in Kirkland where the Seahawks had their training camp. So, yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. And so uh, he said these NFL guys would because they're making so much money, the, the big time stars, they would wear these like these fancy gloves and wristbands and stuff they'd wear them for like a day or two and then they would and then they would toss them and um and get new gear so my buddy and all his other football guys they were like dumpster diving (laughs) every couple days for all this swag and gear and equipment and stuff so that's awesome (laughs) yeah so you gotta do what you gotta do when you're uh, you're a poor college kid so i don't blame them (laughs) right yes yeah exactly well we're representing the college athletics today ryan because you're wearing your boise state shirt i've got on my University, oh, of Montana, on. University of Montana Grizzlies shirt. And I think that is the perfect segue into what we're going to talk about today. We're going to, so last week we kind of broke down the 5A and 4A Inland Empire League football teams and how we thought those might shake out. Today we're going to focus on those smaller classifications. And I think the best place to start is at the 1A level where you've got a co op of Idaho and Montana. Mullen and St. Regis playing eight-man football. They did extremely well last year, and they look loaded for Bear yep. again in 2021. Yeah, I mean, they, they were a solid team last year. I mean, obviously, they lost to Dietrich, though. They kind of got boat raced there in the playoffs. Um, that happened but, to a lot I mean, of Dietrich's teams. <laughs> that happened to a lot of teams that played Dietrich last year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if it wasn't for one or the other school, you know, they wouldn't have a team. I mean, they they wouldn't have football in Mullen or St. Regis. So the the fact that they come together, I mean, no, in Montana, they can play six man. 
which is kind of its own interesting uh interesting thing in its yeah. own right but um the fact that they can play eight man ball in the state of idaho is, is pretty awesome and the, and not only do they play they play pretty well um you know and they've got college coaches now knocking on the door um you know fairly regularly out there up, up by 90 for me um last year riley trogdon graduated but he's now playing i believe at dickinson state um and then they've got another slew of running backs coming in behind them with luke trogdon and adam ball that uh you know are two very good athletes in their own right and and you can throw in their quarterback too caleb ball um who's also off conference i mean they're playing eight-man football and they've got five guys coming back that were all conference so they're uh yeah i don't want to say like you don't really get much more loaded than that on a team that, you know, 80% of your roster was all conference, but um, you know, they're going to do fairly well and they've got a schedule that I think kind of lends itself to um, some success where they can keep the momentum going through the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, I think I saw today actually on social media that Adam, Adam ball just received uh, an offer from Dickinson state as well. So that's sweet. Yeah. And, and well-deserved. I mean, both those guys, it's 1A and 1B as far as, you know, some of the top players in the state at the uh, 1A D2 ranks. Yeah. So you talked about the schedule. It's kind of interesting because they play uh, basically like half the games in Mullen and then they do go over to St. Regis, Montana, and they will play some Montana opponents like uh, Thompson Falls and, and, and schools like that. So it, it is kind of an interesting mix. And that's what teams up north have to do, right? You have to go to other states yeah. sometimes to fill the schedule. Well, you and we'll we'll see it definitely when you get into the IML at the three A level, um, what those schedules look like. And you obviously see it with the three or the four A's and five A's playing the Washington schools. Sometimes you just gotta fill those holes. And um, you know, travel does come into it. I mean, they could probably pick up some some games against some of the teams from, you know, district two. Um but I mean, they've got. I think that they are playing to the St. Regis side of things by playing Thompson Falls and Charlo. Um, they do have to play their conference schedule twice, so both teams in conference they've got to play uh, a home and away game. So they they're obviously Mullins picked to win their conference this year, picked to win the North Star. They won it last year. They were eight and two. I, I mean, really, you look at the schedule; they could go undefeated. I mean, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, they could go undefeated into the postseason. They've got very high hopes. Coach Spooner does um, with this with this crew, but they open with Thompson Falls, and then they play Lakeside Wallace, um, and then they play Clark Fork. You know, they've got them kind of with a bookend game in, with Kootenay in between. Kootenay playing football again, which is great. I mean, last year they had to forfeit a couple games with COVID, but um, and then didn't even have a team the year before. So the fact that they're coming back into the league. Um, Hopefully, I mean, it helps, you know, kind of balance one schedule for other teams, but two, in the competition level, um, getting some of those games back in there. You never know what happens with Idaho small school eight man football who gets hot on a on a Friday afternoon, Friday night and uh, puts up, you know, some fireworks on the scoreboard. So it should be uh, Mullen, you know, around here for small for eight man football is is the cream of the crop as it comes in North Idaho this year, I think. Um you know, you get in district two. I'm sure there's a couple teams down there that would say otherwise. Um, but I mean, that's the the nice nature about it too. I think that the way things get bracketed this year too, um, they're on opposite sides. So the North Idaho teams, Northern Idaho teams, um, you know, from district one and district two, I believe are separated this year, um, which would be uh, pretty nice that they, you could see them in the finals, which would be pretty outstanding. Yeah. If it gets that far. 
Right. So last week, uh, yeah. we, we do the Idaho eight man prep cast where we talk about just eight man football in those one, a schools, uh, Paul Kingsbury and I do that every week. And Paul came out and said that he thinks Kendrick, he likes Kendrick as his state champion Dude, in one AD. Kendrick legit. Yeah. Yeah. Could they you imagine some, they Kendrick, got some horses down there? Yeah. Could you imagine Kendrick matching up with, uh, Mullen St. Regis for the title in the Kiwi dome? Yeah, in the Kiwi Dome, that would be fantastic. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be for 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 Northern Idaho football would be fantastic. That'd be super cool to see. I know that there's some great teams down in Southern Idaho too. Um, you know, Dietrich being one of them last year was you know pretty darn good. Let's be honest. Um, but I mean, things change year to year too. You get graduation can hit the smaller schools harder, I think, than bigger schools. Um, just because if you lose one or two of your great players, I mean, it drops off pretty quick from there. Um, it's just a numbers game. So, you know, the com- the competitive balance, I think, um, sways a little bit harder in eight-man football than it does in 11-man. Um, just because of getting athletes on the field, you don't have necessarily the numbers. Um, but it's, it's uh, I believe, a you know, a fairly balanced attack for Mullen, which is, a, you know, you've got two running backs. You can't key on one kid. They've got an all-conference tight end, so they can throw it around a little bit too. Um, so it should be it should be good a good year for Mullen. I definitely would put them in the favorite category to to make a very deep run in, in state this year. Yeah, I totally agree. And just real quick, I want to give Kootenai a shout-out. You mentioned they've had uh, some down years where they haven't even had enough players to field the team. I, I, I really see a turnaround in their athletic department. You know, uh, Nolan Kirby is the new athletic director uh, at Kootenai this year, and uh, Jake Pfeiffer is going to be the football coach. And I think uh, I think he's got a good vision of what Kootenai athletics can be. So it's pretty exciting. No, Yeah, and like we talked about with – you know, the, the movement of incoming, the influx of population in North Idaho. I mean, the rising tide lifts all boats. And not only is Coeur d'Alene and Post Falls growing, but all the smaller communities are picking up people too here and there. I mean, it may not be the numbers where you're seeing the thousands like you see in Kootenai County, um, but there's, there's still an influx in population going to Plummer and some of these smaller communities too. Um, so, I mean, yeah, they're, they're doing a great job and doing, I think, what's necessary to grow, um, you know, grow athletics and in, in activities in, in their respective schools. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, speaking of plumber, let's kick it on up a notch and go to the 1A D1 yeah. level. That's where uh, Lakeside and Wallace reside. What do you what do you see in terms of football there? You know, obviously they play each other twice. They kind of play mirrored schedule for the most part um the main difference obviously i want to say is like wallace is picking up a game against clearwater valley's jv team i believe um instead of playing their varsity it may be a mix of varsity and jv um and the lakeside opens with lewis county right off the bat um and then have deary too on the schedule which deary's usually had a fairly solid program as well um and they play Kendrick. That's the real test. I think third to the last game of the year that Lakeside's playing Kendrick. If you want to see how Lakeside is, I think that's a good litmus test of, you know, if, if Lakeside's going to be legit. They made the playoffs last year. They were the league champ uh, going four and three in 2020, but they lost to Oakley and lost big. Um, you know, if they can get – I and I and I don't like comparing sports, but sometimes you have to with, you know, seeing in small schools especially, a lot of those kids are going to come back out and play. Um, you know, I had the 1A D1 state basketball tournament that I got to broadcast that here on Idaho Sports and got to see all these teams play. If they can get some of the athletes that they've got on the bench 
um, from Lakeside. If they can get a couple of those kids to come out and play football, they've got some dudes. Um, Lakeside can play. Um, they're athletic. So, I mean, they've got a couple of, of decent-sized kids, too, that I could see making a, a difference on the football, on the gridiron, if they can come out and, and play, which hopefully that's the case. And, you know, if that if that is, I'd see them repeating as league champs again. Wallace is kind of the unknown because you don't get a ton of information on them, which is difficult. I mean, you can go back and try to search, like, max preps and other things. Um, I mean, really, you can just find that, you know, they were 2-5 and five last year with their victories coming against, uh, I believe it was, Clark Fork and and Kootenai so you know it was the I don't want to say the cupboard was bare last year for them so they could be on the upswing too it's kind of an unknown conference because of it's only a two-team league that does kind of split their schedule with the 1A D2 ranks um you know I'd love to see them maybe pick up a few more games against some of the district two teams I know that they used to kind of play that split schedule um, back with the white pine, the old white pine league days where they'd kind of mix and match and, and it made for more competitive balance. Um, but I know that now that we use the max preps rankings, obviously they don't necessarily have to do it. You just got to try to get a winning record and you're pretty much getting your, your entry to state. Yeah. There, there's two schools of thought with that. There is the try and just take care of your wins by scheduling easy competition but then by the opposite there are ways that you can schedule tough competition um and as long as they continue winning that will also boost up your profile for example i know um like grangeville is playing moscow this year right they're playing they're they're playing a really tough schedule They've they've played each other fairly often the last few years too yeah, they're and they're they're playing Weezer this year, which people think are going to go pretty far in the three A. And so the Weezer idea there be pretty is pretty solid, yeah, yeah. And but but on the flip side of that, Weezer and Moscow are probably you know favored as quote unquote bigger schools in that matchup, and they could get a nice win. And then Grangeville, they know, is going to continue to win at the two A level, which is only going to boost their profile. So there, it's kind of interesting with with the ratings and how teams go about the schedule, but. Yeah, and and you throw in like Clark Fork that last year they went two and three. Um, you know, they play opening with the Montana school. Obviously, they're right there along the Montana border. I mean, if you could be at the football field and you got any sort of arm, you can haul back and pretty much hit the state of Montana with a rock. Um, but, you know, they're playing the back. It's kind of an interesting schedule because they play, you know, Troy of Montana, then Wallace, then Lakeside. And then it's Mullen back-to-back weeks and Kootenai back-to-back weeks. I mean, they're playing their their league opponents towards the front end of their schedule and then playing the smaller D2 schools on the backside, which to me didn't make a ton of sense, but I'm obviously not an athletic director. But, um, you know, I, I, I it's kind of do or die. Hopefully they're hoping to catch Wallace and Lakeside early in the year, maybe not as polished, and that might give them an outside chance of getting that league berth, um, depending on what happens in the back end of the year. But um you know really i want to say the the favorite in that conference is obviously lakeside um just based off of what we saw last year from them um and what they've got coming back yeah i think there's uh, lots of untapped potential there and it's just a matter of seeing that potential be realized so uh so we kind of talked about grangeville right yeah we kind of talked about grangeville uh let's transition into the central idaho league the 2a ranks it's another small conference as most of them are up north Grangeville, Orofino, St. Mary's. I think Grangeville the favorite, but then between Orofino and St. Mary's, I think it could go either way. Yeah, and it, it, 
I'd like to say that 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 conference really has probably the coolest settings of football stadiums in the state of Idaho between those three teams. They're pretty outstanding. I mean, it, it really does get like, yeah, the aesthetics of, of football in North Idaho is pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, you talk about St. Mary's, obviously they're a team last year. They lost, um, you know, some of their big starters four four big time players for them graduated. Um, but really the, the thing that we didn't see about St. Mary's last year is they had a month off because of COVID. And they didn't play a game for a solid month. So you really didn't get to see a lot out of them. And then when they did come back, they were so limited on numbers, even in their last two games, that, I mean, they lost to Grangeville. I think it was 21 to 6, and had still, you know, six guys were out. So, um, you know, it's kind of – it was kind of a crapshoot. And Coach Teff does a great job with his program. And, you know, they last won their state title, I believe it was 2016. You know, that pedigree is still there. They've still got players. I mean, you had them in the basketball tournament, and we'll talk about our good friend Colby Renner. <laughs> um, but you know, him and him and the crew coming back. I mean, Kyle Seibert's coming back. They've got some some great players on their team. They could make some noise. I mean, really, you know, it is a it is a one guaranteed bid. But now with those new Max Preps rankings and St. Mary's, the way that they loaded their schedule, I mean, it they could very easily make it to state just based off of even if they lose to Grangeville. Uh, just based on the competition level that they've played. Yeah, it was really weird last year at the 2A level because you talked about Grangeville, St. Mary's, and Orofino. All three were impacted by not having a full schedule of games. There was, I, I think yeah. there was an actual COVID outbreak among the Grangeville football team, and that really affected the schedules. So what happened last year is a lot of those at-large bids went to the schools in like East Idaho that were able to play a full schedule. You You had District 5. I think all five teams made the playoffs, Aberdeen, Bear Lake, Soda Springs, Westside, and I'm drawing a blank on the last team, but <laughs> um, yeah. all five, all five teams uh, made the playoffs last year, but that, that won't happen again because those schools up North will be able to play a full schedule. And I, I agree with you. I think St. Mary's could easily get an at-large bid. Oh, absolutely. You know what they've got coming back. I mean, they're, They've they're, let's be honest for smaller schools in Idaho, like they're pretty loaded the skill position with, with who they've got coming back and, and, you know, they're going to be okay at quarterback with, with Sean Elliott, who's a senior. Um, they've got Sean Hunter, who's a, a young running back coming in that they've got high hopes on. They still have Dylan Larson, um, Kyle cyber. Obviously we talked about who's all central Idaho league defensive and offensive line on the O line. They return, I believe it's four starters up front. So they've got, experience up front i think that they if they can you know kind of impose will at the running game it's going to open things up because they've got tristan gentry and uh jared badgett they're in the uh, wide receiver that are two of the better wide receivers in the 2a ranks so saint mary's really could be kind of the dark horse um in 2a because if you know we look at grangeville as being a favorite saint mary's you know, who depends on who they draw. If they get to the playoffs and who they draw in those other rounds, they could make some noise in the playoffs for, for sure. And they've got an interesting schedule, obviously opening with Kellogg. Um, they've got a couple Washington schools in Lakeside and Freeman who I kind of know this area pretty well, very solid Northeast a teams in Washington historically are very good. Lakeside is a very good team. They have one of the better quarterback recruits in the Northwest. Um, and that's any classification. They've got a QB that is legit. Um, Freeman's always a solid program. They've got Lakeland in their fourth game. 
uh, playing a 4A team. So that should be really interesting to see the, the competitive balance there. Um, then the following week, they followed up with Timberlake and Bonners Ferry. Um, so they're playing some 3A schools there. Then they close it up with Grangeville and then at Orfino. So a pretty heavy schedule. If they can stay healthy, um, you know, they've, they're playing the top two 3A teams in the, in the IML between Timberlake and Bonners Ferry. They're playing one of the better 4A teams in Lakeland. And then they're playing some very quality um, teams out of Washington. So, you know, they're going to be battle tested. I, I mean, if they stay healthy, I will put them up against anybody. If they can, if they can run through that schedule, um, maybe at 500, maybe better, they're going to be a really tough out. Yeah, and they get to host Grangeville as well in that conference game, so that'll be a big boost. Yeah, that's right for the Lumberjacks. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. So let's talk about the IML, the Intermountain League. Uh, it's going to be uh, Timberlake is you know they've kind of had a, a stranglehold on it the past couple of seasons, but but beyond that, I I see it being pretty balanced. You know, I feel like between Kellogg and Bonners, you could flip a coin there, and Priest River. I think they've got some good kids coming through. Uh, we did those Idaho All-State um, games earlier this summer you know, the best sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade players. There was a lot of kids from Priest River there. So I think that might be yeah. an area that's building back up as well. Man, they've only got room to go up. Let's be honest. I mean, wow. with Priest River, we'll start with them, um, you know, but Coach Hughes is trying. I mean, like, let's let's be honest that, you know, it's really hard to go in any level of, of high school football to where you're, you're only starting two upperclassmen. I mean, you're not going to win a lot of games. And, you know, they've had zero wins in the last three years, but they just haven't had numbers of juniors and seniors sticking around. And, you know, so they started four freshmen last year on the offensive line. You're not going to win a lot of games doing that. Um, but they're all back. That's the thing. They're all back. They're all a year older. They're all stronger. They've all been hitting the weight room. So there are some high hopes. They've got 14 returning starters. Um, they've got a, a solid player, Naden Thompson. That they've got high hopes on coming in. Um, they've got a first team player in Cam Seleski and also a second teamer in uh, Matthias McLean who's coming in. So they've gotten a year older, got a chance to really kind of settle down in this offense. I and you know, I would hope that you know they finally get the win this year. I would really love to see that that finally they break through. Um, and winning does a lot for young kids, especially. I mean, they're still fairly young this year. Um I believe they've only got a, a handful, like a couple, two or three seniors on the roster um, for this year, but a lot of juniors and a lot of sophomores that have varsity experience. So, you know, for years to come, they hopefully will be pretty solid, but they've got a, a decent schedule in front of them. Um, they're going to open with Medical Lake, which is a Washington school. Then they're at Newport, which is only seven miles down the road. Um, they get a host a handful of games this year with Oroville. Manson is going to be actually at Whitworth and Spokane. Um, they play Orfino at home. They're at Timberlake, then Bonners, and then Kellogg at the end of the year. I would hope to see them get a couple wins this year. I really would. Um, with what they've gone through and, and been through as a team, you know, those those kids deserve it for continually taking their lumps. I mean, they were last in scoring in the state of Idaho last year. They were last in yards given up. Um, so they've only got room for improvement. Um, but with, with varsity experience, I think that there's going to be some of that hidden kind of confidence coming back in. It's like, yeah, we've been through this before. It only gets better. You know, we're only going to get bigger. We're only going to get stronger. Um, so hopefully Priest River can can really turn things around because if they do, it's a 
I mean, for four teams there, that's it's a fairly deep conference. Like like you said, um, there's Timberlake and everybody else, but I think that that competitive balance from the bottom up is is starting to rise, especially with what we've seen Kellogg do in the last few years. Yeah, so let's talk about Kellogg. They uh, pretty consistently get to the playoffs. They just they can't get over that that hurdle and and get a win in the playoffs. But they're but they're always there, and they've got some really yeah. good players coming back. Yeah, they've got some dudes and. Um, they had the, the returning offensive player of the year and Riley Luna coming back. He's only a junior. Um, I've seen him at camps. He's the real deal. He's legit and, um, solid player. They've got KJ Walker and Colby Luna coming in as wide receivers, as well as Chase Green and running or sorry, Jace Garcia at running back. Um, they did lose obviously Aaron Leto, who's a running back and offensive lineman, Carson Hudson. Um, but they were three and four last year with a fairly young roster. Um, they could be pretty darn sneaky good this year. And, you know, I coach, I'll give coach uh, Davidian. He's, he does a great job at, you know, balancing with what he's got. He, he looks at his roster and kind of says like, all right, here's what we're going to do um, with, with the team that we're given. And they run a spread offense that I know the offense that they run. Cause it was the same one that I did in Pullman. Um, they had a coach by the name of Dan Lusher that was there before this new coach. Um, but they took that same offense and it's like a spread kind of wing T type attack that it's, and if you watch a lot of college football, it would mirror kind of what Auburn was under Gus Malls on. And um, they try to get angles and get their athletes out in space and they do a great job of it. Well, they've got skill players that I think that if they can get the ball in their hands, they, they pretty much would put their guy against anybody that they face. Um, so, you know, their schedule, obviously the opening with St. Mary's, um, they've got Corvallis, Montana, then Orfino. Then they're playing a uh, home game against Sandpoint's JV team. Then once again, they're playing Grangeville. Like everybody at the, the 3A level seems to be playing this year is Grangeville. Um, then they're at Bonners Ferry, at Timberlake, and then they close up the year with Priest River. They were 3-4 and four last year. I, I expect a better record out of them this year. I really do with what they've got back at the skill position. Um, you know, they seem to be pretty high on their offensive line too. Um, if they can get things moving on offense – you know, defensively, they're going to be kind of a – I think they'll do fairly well against the pass. They were last year. Um, you know, if they can be bend, don't break against the run, I think that they're going to outscore their opponents just by sheer, you know, offensive possessions. Um, so Kellogg could be kind of one of those sneaky teams in the IML this year. I don't think people are going to overlook them by any chance, but um, they're definitely on their way up if, with what they've got, and they've got – they're pretty high on this freshman class too. So we'll see. We'll see what they do this year in, in 2021. Yeah, uh, that game at Bonners Ferry could determine the uh, second playoff bid from the IML. But Bonners Ferry, they they're an intriguing team. I think they've got a lot of buzz around them. It'll be interesting to see how they do. Yeah, I mean they've got the defensive player of the year coming back with uh, in Wilson Newell. Um, you know, eight all conference players are coming back and all but three of them are returning starters. So, I mean, everybody, you don't get that much in, in any level, but you get that many guys back, you've got to have high hopes and, and you, you rightfully should, um, coach Hinthorne does a great job. His kids play hard and, um, they went three and four last year. Everybody in that conference just beat up on each other. It was, you know, just everybody was bringing bricks every week and chucking them at each other, seeing who can survive at the end of the year. And, uh, you know, that's how that's IML football, though. I mean, you might get bad weather. You might get, you know, sweltering heat and the track meet. So 
it kind of depends on how it shows up. Um, offensively, if they can score, you know, I like their chances just based on how other teams um, they say that they like to run multiple offense. So, you know, they're not going to be any one dimensional, which I think helps them a little bit. Cause you look at, we'll talk about Timberlake in a second, cause they're good at really good at doing one thing. Um, you know, Bonner's Ferry, if they can, if they can move the ball, they're going to be, they're going to be in every ball game. They're going to open with Lincoln County from Montana. Um, so they're, they're making that trip over there. Um, which I believe is in Libby. And then they're going to play Grangeville or sorry, not Libby, but, um, it's in a Eureka. Anyway, Eureka, Eureka. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Um, so they're playing in Eureka. Then they've got Grangeville at home week two. Um, then they're at Libby and then at Orfino, they're playing St. Mary's Kellogg pre-server. And then the end of the year, this could be a pretty solid game that last week when I think every conference up here in North Idaho is going to be a pretty awesome game. Uh, they're playing Timberlake and they're hosting Timberlake this year. Um, for that that league champ, I think it could come down to league championship that that last game um, in the IML. So, it, I mean, really realistically, they if the if Kellogg, Bonners, Ferry, and Timberlake do what they should do, I mean, they're gonna get. I think they get two bids for sure. There's an outside chance at three, um, just based on how they scheduled. But you know, it's it. You know, anything can happen any given Friday night. So, you know, I it's it, I don't want to like pin my ears back and say, yeah, put a stamp on it that Bonner's Ferry is going to finish runner up. You know, they could come in and have a hot game at the end of the year and surprise Timberlake and win the championship too. I mean, it's really not not out of the question. But I know what yeah. team you want to talk about next. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. I I do think just looking at a bird's eye view of uh, the three A this year, I think there are a couple of conferences where teams like, like in the three, a uh, uh, in district three, I, th I think those teams will all kind of beat up on each other, you know, Homedale. We've got like Fruitland, Homedale, Weezer, yeah. like they're all solid. Yeah. They might all beat up on each other and that might cost them a spot where the IML might be able to steal another bid, but uh, two for sure, th three maybe, but it's some, some things got to break their way, but let's it would be uh, let's, reach. Some things would have to happen. Yeah. Other words, but yeah. Yeah. Let's all right. Let's talk about Timberlake. They have been the toast of the IML for some time now. What makes them so good every year? It's, I mean, you. it's like you try to, put a finger on it. Like, and I just say this cause I coached against them every year and I hated playing them because they found their niche and they're so good at it and they exploit it and, and they run a wing T offense and it's, you know, they're going to run the ball 45 times in a game, but you also have to worry about the eight times that they pass because they may go seven for eight for 200 yards. <laughs> and you know, that, and that's what'll get you. But you know, the one thing about it is, is it's consistency. And they've always, they, they kind of kept the same staff. Obviously Kelly Amos is the head coach last year was his first year after coach Albertson, um, you know, finally retired, but you know, Amos has been on that staff for a long time too. So it was kind of just like, Hey, we're just going to keep this thing moving and keep going forward with what we've been doing. Um, they did lose five all conference players um, and they lost in the quarterfinals last year to Homedale but they return 11 starters and five all-conference players on offense, and they run the ball incredibly well. They've got four solid running backs that they will use all over the field. They'll put them in the backfield. They'll put them at tight end. They'll put them in a slot position. 
They'll even hide him at quarterback sometimes, and they'll kind of run him a wildcat with a you know in a in a wing T look that's stupid, hard to defend because they'll run right at your defensive end and basically say pick one, you've got to tackle him, but the other guy's going to go ahead and run for 15 yards. Um, they went four and four last year. Obviously, four and four is kind of a deceptive mark for them because they did play some four A schools um, in Lakeland and Moscow. Um, I think that that Moscow game took place. I know that it was on the schedule. I'm trying to think back now if that was the one that actually Moscow was their first game back. But um, I know that they played each other in 2019 too. This year it's kind of an interesting schedule um, because they're going to open at South Fremont, which if you haven't traveled the state of Idaho, that is a jaunt. <laughs> that is a, a pretty a pretty hefty drive for them. Um, they're going to play a 3A school from Spokane and Shadle Park in week two, playing host to them. Um, then they're going to have – Moscow in Moscow. They play Connell, which is a notoriously solid 1A team in the state of Washington. Um, St. Mary's, then they're at Lakeland, then they host Priest River and Kellogg, and then obviously they close at Bonners Ferry. But Timberlake is just, you know, a solid program, top to bottom. They get great kids. The kids have bought into what they do, and they just try to do it very well. They're efficient. They don't make a lot of mistakes. Um, you know, if you're going to stop them at their game, it's going to be, you know, they're going to try to run it and basically play you in a seven yard box, you know, for four quarters and just be like, you know what we're going to do, stop it, you know, and, and it, it gets incredibly hard because the, it becomes a battle of attrition and your mind starts playing tricks on you that now like, okay, they've ran sweep, you know, six times in a row, they come with backside counter and then now they're throwing, you know, a, 35 yard fade down the sideline to a tall wide receiver and they're going to, you know, hit, hit one big for a touchdown. So they've, they've got some dudes um, on their team that, you know, they got a deep stable and I'll just be, I'll just be honest. Like you can't pick any one kid that's going to be like, Hey, this guy, we got to stop him. He's going to be this because they've got three others out there this year that, that can do the same. I mean, they could make some noise in the three, a ranks. I don't know if I would put them as a favorite to win it by any stretch, just because Weezer is so good this year. Um, Homedale's always solid too. I mean, Fruitland's really good. You've got the teams over in the snake river plane that are great. So it's, it would be, you know, will they be competitive? Absolutely. Yeah. I would, I would definitely say that. I don't know if they're going to win at all, um, but I certainly wouldn't tell that to Coach Amos's face either, because I think that, you know, this could hopefully be some, 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 some locker room motivation for him with me selling him short. But uh, yeah, definitely, I think they'll have a solid year. They've got a schedule that lends itself for success um, that will test them early. But you know, it's it's yet to be seen one of these three A teams in North Idaho break through. And really make a deep run in the playoffs too. Yeah, they'll be right there. I mean, they they'll uh, if they were playing in the final four of the three, that would that wouldn't shock me at all at, at Timberlake. So sure. uh, yeah, you, yeah, you mentioned yeah you mentioned Coach Amos. He he was the head coach. He was the first head coach in school history, and then and now he's back in the second stint. They're like the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've had like four head coaches in in school history. It's it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well, and it's and it's one of those areas too that. You know, we keep seeing them. You're seeing like these athletes start coming in, and Spirit Lake and and Athol, that area in northern Kootenai County, has been kind of the the offshoot recipient of a lot of incoming uh, people moving in, just because it's so dang hard to move into Coeur d'Alene right now that it's like, oh, well, we can go move out to Athol, and boom. I mean, that place is blown up. If you haven't driven through there, it's you wouldn't recognize it from three years ago. 
And um, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're the recipient, I think, of they've got some kids that are on their roster that were not in their their youth ta- junior tackle program, um, but have come in and definitely contributed. And, you know, it's going to pay benefits for them the longer this goes on because I really do see them on the cusp of being a powerhouse in 3A. They're, they're right there. Yeah, I think I think there's going to be some really good teams uh, from North Idaho this year that won't get the acclaim and the recognition they deserve statewide. But that's why we have this. This is why we have the North Idaho Prepcast every single week. We're talking about it. We're giving those teams the spotlight because there are a lot of good teams up there. And I think it's going to be fun to chart everyone's progress throughout the season. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it's going to be excellent. I the, the competitive balance up here is as good as it is in the state, I just don't think there's the numbers that you see, obviously like in, in the Boise and Pocatello and Idaho falls area, um, as far as numbers of schools, but you've got, I mean, your, your top couple programs that every, every classification, or I would put them with the top two anywhere else in the state too. So it's um, the balance is there. It's just, you don't have the numbers. You're not going to have, you know, five must see games a week, but you're certainly going to get, you know, some good matchups week in and week out. And that, you know, that's what we, we can hope for up here. Yeah, that'll be a good time for sure. So, yeah, uh, next week we will really start diving into everything. There, There's a handful of soccer games that will take place this weekend. We can kind of recap those. And volleyball will be mm-hmm. starting up. I know Lakeland's going to be awesome again. And they've scheduled, they've put together a very tough schedule for volleyball. And, and then we'll start previewing some of the football games that are coming up as well. I do want to mention real yep. quick, there is one football. There's only three football games going on in the entire state here in this opening weekend zero week uh one of them is uh, one of the first games of the year lakeland is going to travel to play preston they're going to meet in the middle at montana tech university in butte um i think that's going to be a fun game and a good chance to see how lakeland does out of the gate for football yeah and i think that that actually gave them the the opening door to start a few days earlier than everybody else in the state too which mm-hmm. you know lakeland i know last year kind of had a sour taste in their mouth after their playoff loss. Um, I know a lot of those kids. I know the coaching staff. That's going to be a fun game. I can tell you that that Lakeland will be a fun team to watch this year um, just based on what they've got back and everybody's a year older and you've got Devin Succo at quarterback that he's got another year under his belt. He is a, he's a stud athlete. And and I think that he kind of goes under the radar up here because of, you know, you've got, the, the kids at Post Falls and Coeur d'Alene, they get so much notoriety. Devin could have himself a pretty dang good year if he stays healthy. It's, you know, I'd, I'm I'm excited to see what happens in that game and listen. And hopefully, I think you've got the call on that one, I hope. Is is that what's going on? So we we tried to. We, tr- we tried to, but we, uh, we we never heard back or anything. So we're, we're not going to be doing okay. anything with that. But we will we'll, we'll certainly be here to recap it next week. All right. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I'll uh, I'll see if I can I can mosey over on Sunday or or Monday and talk to Tim and the crew and kind of get a recap on what happened and everything about that game because I'm excited to see see how that turns out because Lakeland could be a sneaky sneaky good team this year. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun for sure. So uh, we'll we'll talk about all that and more next week. But for now, thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the North Idaho Prepcast on IdahoSports.com. For Ryan Skaggs, I'm Brandon Bainey. Enjoy the opening weekend of high school athletics, everybody. We'll see you back here next week.